1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. You probably have figured out that my approach to teaching on faith and prayer has been that my guess is people don't pray because they don't see benefit to it. And that's why I keep coming to certain ideas, concepts, points. For example, Luke 18.1, men should always pray and never give up. And, but I've been hitting that verse from a, a different angle because I think we have interpreted that to mean I should just keep praying the way I've been praying. And someday the Lord will heal me. Well, what if we don't look at it like that? What if he meant to study, seek, ask, seek, knock, pray, and if we don't get biblical results, tweak what we're doing change what we're praying. I've, I've been really blessed. This probably sounds self-aggrandizing, but it's true. I've been really blessed the last couple of weeks. We went back and rewatched the Holy Week revival, and uh, then now we've started into the week of increase. But it's all in that Holy Week revival that we have to discipline ourselves to take God at His Word. And the problem, again, is I think that we have underestimated the surety of the Word of God. Leonard Ravenhill, the famous English evangelist, used to say, one day some simple soul will come along and believe the Word of God just as it is written and put us all to shame. And I think that we may see that day. You know, I'm excited. I was telling folks before the service, I'm excited about December 21st because, well, Sue reminded me today, Jesus said that there would, there would be signs in the sky before his coming. And of course, my whole life we've ignored this because all this stuff's going on all the time anyway. I'm just using this as an example. December 21st, uh, Jupiter and Saturn will line up precisely. And apparently that only happens once every 400 and something years. And I, I don't know... You know, I'm reading all the time, but this if, even if this was on my list, I'd never get to it. It would be way down at the bottom of the pile. But I don't know if it was Galileo or who, but hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, somebody speculated that the star the Magi saw was not a star. It was the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn because it's so bright. And of course, it only happens every 400-something years, so... They wouldn't have known it wasn't a star, right? They would have looked up and thought, oh, man, look at that. And, uh, but that's how they set the date of December 25 for Christmas. Now, think about it. A year is not 365 days. A year is 365 and one quarter days. So however many hundreds of years ago somebody postulated that it was the meeting of Jupiter and Saturn that caught the attention of the Magi. 
Here we are all these hundreds of years later, and it's only off by four days. <laughs> Is nobody amazed by that but me? <laughs> Compare that to how far off Fauci's been all year. <laughs> or, or when Fauci threw the first ball at the baseball game. You understand what I'm saying? All right. We have completely underestimated the veracity and the surety of the Word of God. And if we would, it's almost like maybe we ought to just approach it with a fresh pair of eyes. You know, maybe we ought to just reread the Gospels and every paragraph say to ourselves, this is what he said and he meant what he said and what he said is true and it's literally true and just see if we could change our results. I'm, what I'm saying is, I think people don't pray because they've prayed and they don't get answers to prayers. And so then they quit and they give up and they do other things. I want you to adjust what you're doing and get results. Because I'm convinced once you get results, you'll pray. Amen? Amen. Now, I don't get an answer every day, and I don't get a miracle every day, but it doesn't bother me in the least because I get enough answers and enough miracles that I'm convinced. And then tonight, I'm going to head somewhere, but before I, this passes out of my thinking, I'm going to read this. I got a text Saturday. Today is my 16th birthday. On November 20, 28, 2004, I made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. Thank you, man of God, you are my spiritual father. Well, I know the story. He walked the aisle up at I-30. And then he says, uh, I went through some pictures from an old hard drive this morning. I can't explain how far God has brought my wife and I, and we are just getting started. And I responded, the positive power of Jesus Christ. So... This is what God does. But we have to say yes. I think one of the most powerful phrases I ever learned in my life was from Dr. T.L. Osborne, say yes to Jesus. You know, I said Sunday. It's funny, isn't it? I said Sunday. I don't often ask the Lord personal things. And then I turned right around this week and did. And it was either, it must have been Monday morning. I asked the Lord. I said, because I don't often ask him personal things. But it was Monday. It must have been Monday. I said, Lord. When, when did I first come to your attention? When did you call me? And he said, I, instantly, he said, I called you from your mother's womb. All right, but now think about it. We have to say yes. Can you see that? We, because he can have the, the most fantastic plan and provision can already be made, but we have to say yes. Can you see that? I mean, how many are, you don't need to raise your hand. I'm staggering under the anointing, if you're wondering. I'm not getting old. Hallelujah. But you don't raise your hand, but how many are here tonight and you would be lost and undone if somebody hadn't said yes to the Lord? Can you see this? All right. But in the same way, you have to say yes to the Lord. And part of it is, frankly, it's a stretch because what he has in store for us and what he has planned for us is it's just too wonderful to even get our minds around. We can't, that's the problem, I think, frankly, we can't believe it. 
I mean, we just can't hardly believe it. It's a stretch. And then whatever God does for us, there's something on the inside of a trained, recreated human spirit that says, well, this is not the end. There's more. And you, you look around, you can't, like Casey Treat used to say, well, I can't believe how far God has brought me. But I can't think about that right now because I'm believing God for this and I'm believing God for that. In other words, we're moving forward. Amen. And I'm not saying there's not challenges along the way. There are. I've been giving you Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. Nothing can take the place of prayer. Tell your neighbor, nothing can take the place of prayer. Tell the person on the other side, nothing can take the place of prayer. So set aside the time each day to pray. Choose to make it a habit in your life. And don't just pray. If you're praying and you are not getting regular and consistent answers to your prayers, if you're praying and you are not seeing miracles in your life on a regular basis, then change the way you're praying. What do I mean on a regular basis? Most months, I record a miracle. One, two, three, four, or five. That's typical. There are months, though, I don't have a miracle to record. Although, there have been times this year the Lord has reminded me of things and said to me that was a miracle because we let go of things. And the beautiful thing about recording miracles is the third point in Oral Roberts' book, The Miracle of Seed Faith, is to expect a miracle. And what happened in my life is when I began recording miracles in October of 2017, I was more on the lookout for miracles. And so little things began to happen. I mean, little things began to happen. Things that had, and big things began to happen that had never happened in my entire life. I went over to Dallas once and to pick up a suit. And uh, there's, you know, I'm not going to tell you what my stuff costs because you'd be offended. And uh, they said, oh, don't worry about it. This is crazy. I mean, this is like insane. Do you understand? Now, if that's not a miracle, you tell me what a miracle is. Because Oral Roberts defined a miracle as something outside of human experience. And I've never even heard of that. So that's just nuts. And, uh, of course, last month was easy. Faith Christian Center was paid off. Hallelujah. You know, that's easy. In the year of the corona. Amen. So... I want you to expect answers. When you go to God in prayer, expect answers. It's time spent with Father God and His Spirit that tunes us up and powers us up to face whatever challenges life may throw our way. It's time spent with Father God and His Spirit that gives us poise and dignity in our contacts with others in this life. And I'll tell you something else it does. It eradicates fear out of your heart. I mean, you show me somebody that's fearful and I'll show you, I'll show you somebody that doesn't know God and, or if they know God, they don't pray. Because when you spend time with God, you cannot spend time with God. Come out of the closet and be afraid. Faith makes us intelligent victors in Christ. Faith makes mountains and difficulties take their true position in our lives, which is under our feet. You can't sit with God, the God of all faith and all love, for even a half hour a day without unconsciously breathing in the faith of God. You're going to breathe in the faith of God. You're going to breathe in the life of God. You're going to breathe in the, uh, the spirit of God. It's, going to, it's just going to be a part of you. Amen. And what would it mean to you if Jesus should come into your home as he came into the home of Mary and Martha? 
Well, you would take time to visit with him, wouldn't you? Well, so do we think that we set time aside for the Lord and the Lord doesn't take time to visit with us? John 14, 23 and 4, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. Well, that right there, see that, there's probably not a church in America tonight. You realize this. There's There's probably not a church in America tonight where those words have been uttered but this one. You know, we talk about the dumbing down of public schools. You know what's really been dumbed down is the churches. Because you cannot believe God any further than you have knowledge of the word of God to believe God. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if they don't have Bible in their sermons, well, how do people get strong? Now, let me tell you something else too. And I think I'm a considerate and appreciative guy, but and I think I'm pretty smart, but I have completely underestimated this. When, when I stand up here Sunday and I see all y'all and nobody afraid, you don't even realize it. You, when you're an exceptional person, you don't realize you're exceptional. You look around and you think, you know, how come everybody's behind me? But you don't really think of yourself as being exceptional. But I'm telling you, this, is, this church is full of exceptional people because this world out here is literally scared out of their minds. And I stand up here on Sunday in the room full. This, I'm telling you, this is a strong church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, but I, even I, the faith guy, have underestimated the power of what happens to God's people, when somebody actually dares to teach the Word of God, the people get strong. Can you see that? They get strong, and they're not afraid. You know, I won't mention the name, but, you know, there's a famous faith pastor, and, you know, I mean, they're they're just, it's embarrassing, you know. I, I don't want people to think I'm in his tribe. Amen? It's embarrassing. Amen. But I'm not afraid. And, and when I come here on Sunday and I look around, I think, my God, what a strong church. But it's the word. Amen. Say it out loud. It's the word, it's the word that, makes strong. that makes me strong. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's the word of God that makes us strong. Amen. So Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. See, I could stand up in a lot of churches and just utter those words and the place empty. But not here. I didn't see anybody leaving. If anyone, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. Now the King James Version uses the word abide or abode. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So if we will just be doers of the word, man, this is just fabulous. I mean, I, it's probably improper to brag on my own stuff, but I'm telling you, this, this is fabulous. This is from the Holy Week Revival. When we watch these words come out of my mouth in the theater room, I stopped and I, I said, I backed it up and I said, 
I've never heard those words in my life. And even when I said them, they didn't catch my attention. But, you know, months later, watching it, it really arrested me. I said, it's taking action on the word of God that causes the answer to come. What a simple statement, but that's it. That's the power of it. And this is why God's people who have trouble following instructions are the exact same God's people who are frustrated because they don't have any traction in the things of God. It's taking action on the word of God that causes the answer to come. See, what do I mean taking action on the word of God? Obeying, first off, the written word of God, because, see, you can say, well, I'm going by the rhema. Hey, it's like the military. If, you, if they send you a telegram telling you to report and you ignore written instructions, you don't need verbal instructions. So first off, you obey the written instructions. And when you get done doing that, then maybe you have prepared yourself to hear and follow verbal instructions. And then also, I'll tell you something else too. You have to follow the written instructions, the word of God, Train yourself in the word of God because if you don't, you can fall prey to hucksterism. I mean, I'm just, I'm so ashamed and embarrassed uh, uh, of what's going on. I mean, people prophesying all kinds of stuff. It's either Jeremiah or Isaiah says, you didn't get that from God. You're making that up out of your own head, your own mind. Man, I'll tell you what, those crazy things I said back in the Holy Week revival and the crazy things I said in the week of increase, they have all come to pass in 2020. You can't go back and find one thing that Pastor Gene said that was nuts and I got caught on. It's embarrassing though. People prophesying this, prophesying that. Somebody sent me a text today. Well, you know, the prophecy camp. And I thought, that stop, stop, stop reading. Stop. They're, they're friends. Don't block them, but stop. Amen. But I'm not interested in the prophecy camp. I'm in the Bible camp. Amen. And uh, see, the point is, if I, will, if I will discipline myself to study the Bible and believe the word and take action on the word and confess the word when a huckster comes along, I'm not going to fall for it That's right. because my whole life is word-based. That's right. Can you see that? Yes. And, and the hucksterism doesn't even have to be spiritual. It could be somebody trying to talk you into an investment. It, it could be somebody, uh, you know, wanting to sell you something that's defective or whatever. So when I sat in a car dealership a few years ago and the Holy Spirit spoke to us, said, get up and leave. And we did. And they were horrified because, you know, we were like right there, you know, on the brink of signing. Uh, we'll see you. I need my plates. That's when they were horrified. I, mean, I need my plates back because we're leaving. I just follow God. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't know what trouble there was, but I know one thing. He's never led me into the ditch. So when he says bail, I figure he's keeping me from the ditch. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about your wife. You know, it's your wife. I'm not talking about that. When you love him, you invite him into your home, and then you get acquainted with him. Learn to talk things over with your father. I think one of the greatest 
powers for destruction for the body of Christ in my lifetime has been Facebook. You see that? That's right. Glory to God. Amen. That's right. Now, now, there may be some positives. Sue uses it to keep track of people's birthdays and anniversaries and such as that. But you could really judge me for this. I don't need to know what everybody's thinking. I only need to know what God's thinking. Amen. Amen. And when there's a lot of voices, it's a lot of clutter, and it's a lot of noise. You won't know who I'm talking about. The we were kind. A famous, famous minister had a favorite grandson and a not favorite grandson. It was an act of kindness. And I invited on purpose, I did it, did it on purpose, I invited the one that wasn't favored to come and speak at I-30, and he came and he spoke. He's never been back. And his grandpa said, well, what'd you think? And I said, well, I said, I think he is reading and studying too diverse a group of writers and ministers and authors. And I said, there's nothing in his message that's coherent or makes any sense at all. It's like, it's like somebody took a hundred books, put them in a blender, blended them, and it vomited out of his mouth. And his grandpa said, that's exactly right. And that's what I've been telling him. And his grandpa said to me, what did you tell him? I, I said, well, I said, what you ought to do is read your grandpa's stuff and nobody else's. Because many voices make an incoherent mindset. What is that, st that saying about too many chefs? Spoils the broth. You know, there's people and they got too, much, too many voices going on in their head. And these ushers know that drive my car around. Uh, generally, generally, there could be an exception, but generally they get one of my cars. There's only one or two voices in the car. I don't fill my mind with a bunch of stuff. Amen. Because I'm believing God. Now, if you don't need anything from the Lord, I guess you can just do whatever you want. I'm talking about faith and prayer, and I'm talking about how to get, how to get prayers answered. So if you want prayers answered, well, you can't fill your head with 15 different voices or 15 million voices from Facebook. Now, I'm not saying it's all bad. There can be some good, like, like I said, Sue uses it to keep track of birthdays and anniversaries and such as that. But I'm talking about reading what people think. I'm interested in what people think. I'm interested in what the Lord thinks. So when you spend time with him, he visits with you, and you get to know him like somebody coming to your home. You would get to know, know them when they come into your home and they spend time in your home. You get to know them. He loves you, and he is interested in what you're going through in your life, and he will make his word answer your every question. Now, notice what I'm saying. I'm not saying he'll give you the answer to every question. I'm saying he will make his word answer every question. 
If you will but commune with him, he will make himself real in your life and home. Jesus has made prayer a winning business proposition for us. Why would God invent something that he knew wouldn't work? And this was really great also in the Holy Week Revival. I talked about how that he gave us specific instructions on how to pray. But I don't know of anybody hardly that follows instructions like that when they pray. But he gave us instructions. He gave us instructions. We didn't ask him to do it. We didn't ask him to make prayer a winning business proposition for us. We didn't send in our representative and say, now, Father, we want you to give us certain promises and certain abilities. No, Jesus did it all for us. In my name, you shall. None of the disciples asked for that authority. Jesus gave it to them. In my name, you shall cast out devils. In my name. So it wasn't that anybody petitioned him for these blessings. He bestowed them upon us. He did it all. He planned it all for our sake. And he based his own prayer life on the word of God. In his own prayer life, how did Jesus get rid of the devil when the devil came to tempt him after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights? He, he quoted the Bible to, which was, you understand, because Jesus was a transitionary figure. So the only Bible Jesus had was the Old Testament. So Jesus quoted the Bible to Satan three times, got rid of him. Now, why would we think that Jesus had to quote the Bible to the devil three times to get the devil out of there? And we could get by with not quoting the Bible to the devil at all or quoting the Bible once. And, and the only verse we know is God, Jesus wept. That's the only verse we know. Well, how are we going to get rid of the devil with Jesus wept? So maybe we're going to have to apply our heart to wisdom and get in the Bible and dig around in there and root around in there and find scriptures that cover our situation. Amen. Let me say something too about all this anxiety out here. Perfect peace. Amen. See, perfect peace does he bestow upon those who put their trust in his word. The peace that transcends understanding. And so, you know, we live in a year, we live in a place, we live in a a society that's filled with fear, but we have perfect peace. Amen. How's that even possible? Because our mind is stayed on the word of God. Right. Go ahead and ask me how much, of the, how much news have I watched this year? Go ahead and ask me. None. <laughs> See, now I read, I do read, I do read, but I... I the thought would no more occur to me to go home tonight and turn on CNN than it would occur to me to make an appointment tomorrow for a lobotomy. Amen. I'm talking about believing God. Amen. You can't fill your mind. What do they say in the computer world? Talk to me. What do they say in the computer world? Garbage in, garbage out. You cannot fill your mind with a bunch of negative junk and then turn around and believe God. Right. Say it out loud. The word of God is true, and everything else is a lie. That's a quote from Smith Wigglesworth, the greatest healing evangelist of the 19th century, who in his ministry raised 23 people from the dead that we know about. So maybe he knew something about how to believe God. Amen. That's exactly 23 more than I have raised from the dead. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. So the redemption plan of Father God was a bold and a daring thing to do. I mean, think about it. It's really astounding. Our problem is we don't, we don't appreciate who we are. He told, me, he told me something the other morning I really didn't want to hear at all because, you know, I'd like to get raptured out of here before January 20. But uh, uh, he told me the, the other day, he said, you're stronger than you know. And then he gave me a plan, an, an incredible wealth plan that I couldn't even begin to implement for two years. And I said, thank you very much, but I really don't appreciate thinking about, you know, being here another two years with whatever's going on in the earth. Amen. It's hard to see because, you know, Fauci's talking about living this way for the rest of our lives, uh, masked up and socially distancing. And uh, it's insanity. It's insanity. It's insanity. The suicide rate among children is the higher than it's ever been. Over Cook's Hospital in Fort Worth records. So what's what's going on in New Jersey and New York and those places? It's insanity. It's insanity. Yeah, but you know, Pastor Gene, you're not a realist because you know you could get sick. Yeah, well, you could get hit by a car. You could get hit by you you. You could drown. You, you could fall in the bathtub and break your skull. You, you could, uh, you know, you could, uh, an earthquake could hit your house, uh, a tornado. We're in Tornado Alley. So are we supposed to live in fear? No. no. You know, learn Psalm 91. Then you're done with all of it. No, say it out loud. No harm shall come nigh unto my tent. Say it again, no harm harm shall come nigh unto my dwelling. I mean, I think that covers it, doesn't it? And and if you you say that when you get in your car, well, you don't have to mask up while you drive by yourself in your car. I mean, really, I don't see the point of that. You know, I'm by myself, so who am I going to infect and who's going to infect me? And then I saw a picture of a guy driving down the road in a convertible with a top down wearing a mask. I guess he was trying to get vitamin D from the sun and fresh air. I don't know. But I don't get it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you one thing. We get to heaven, nobody will believe this stuff. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, Lester Summer will be like, What? But think about it. For him to send his only begotten son, the word of God, he believed in you. See, that's our problem. We don't know who we are. He has, you know, because we let the devil beat us up about what we used to do and this and that and the other and everything. So, but... He has a higher opinion of you than you have of you. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Is there anybody here tonight that would give your only begotten child to save society in the United States of America in 2020? I think all of us would say, look, 
They're irredeemable. They're too dumb. They, you know, in other words, not my son. You send yours. Don't you think? But think about how, see, we, we, we always couch faith in the perspective of us having faith. And one thing we miss is he is a faith God. Say it out loud. We are the faith people of a faith God. Everything he did, he did by faith. He looked out there and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And he said, woo-wee, sure is dark out there. Is that what he said? No. He looked out there and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And he said, what? He didn't say what was. He said what he wanted. And he said, light be. He's a faith God. And when he sent Jesus to live his life sinlessly and to be put to death by a government and religious folks, he believed in us. He believed in us. It's astounding. He believed in you and he believed in me. So our problem is we don't see it. And our problem is we don't believe in ourselves as much as he does. T.L. Osborne told me in his living room one day, he said, people think we spend our lives as ministers trying to talk them into having faith in God. He said, having faith in God is easy. He said, we spend our lives trying to get God's people to have faith in themselves. Yeah, you can do it. Amen. Amen. All things are possible. Amen. I'm, I'm finding myself now regulated by how much do I want to swing for the fences for because I don't want to draw attention to myself? I like being ignored. As long as Pastor Sue doesn't ignore me, the, the, the world out here, you know, the media, whatever, I like being ignored. I don't want to come to their attention, but I know this. I, I, can, I have great faith and I can believe God and I can, I can do what I want. Amen. I can achieve what I want. I can go where I want. I can build what I want. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. But it's nice being ignored by wicked people. But I see now, because of what God did for this congregation in 2020, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. I said all things are possible. So the redemption plan of God, Father God, was a bold and a daring thing to do. And it was a faith act by a faith God. He had confidence in you. And he had confidence in me. He believed in. He had faith that we would believe the good report. I mean, think about it. Think about the faith it took to allow his son to hang on that cross. He had to believe that we would believe the good report because if nobody had believed, it would have all been for naught. So Father God dared to give his son and Father God dared to give man eternal life. And Father God dared to make us new creations in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Father God chose to have faith in us. He chose to have faith in us. He believed that man would respond to his love and that man, when challenged by such grace, would meet it with a glad response. Not everybody does, but he chose to believe that we would. So we are fellowshipping. We are fellowshipping with him in his faith fight for a lost race. And I like it. We've turned a corner here because you understand for quite a while, we didn't have that many visitors because of all the fear peddling, but I like it. 
I think this Sunday we were back up to eight decisions for Christ. I like it. Amen. Amen. I, want, I, want, I want to come to his attention Amen. that we're in the business of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And just because we got blessed, we're not backing up off nothing. We're winning people to Jesus. We're casting out devils. We're laying hands on people and setting them free from drug addiction and alcoholism. Amen. Amen. We're, we're in the business of the king. Amen. Amen. So that's one area where I don't want to lay low. Amen. I want, I want God and the devil to know that we're in the church business. We're in the business of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're still winning people to Jesus. Amen. Amen. In our prayer lives and in our daily lives lived out before man and God, we are helping the men and women for whom Jesus died and has redeemed. Like that testimony. That's why, that's why I was headed tonight. That testimony, Saturday, 16 years since he was born again. 16 years from nothing to being a millionaire. 16 years from being a drug addict. That's a long way. Now, don't be offended by a millionaire. A millionaire ain't nothing. You have to understand, a lot of you sitting here tonight are millionaires and you don't even know it simply because of how much your house has appreciated due to all this money printing. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, put it up for sale. You'll find out. There's a lot of people sitting here tonight and you're millionaires. But that ain't nothing in 2020. I mean, you know, what's that going to do you? Because most of your money's in the equity in your house and in your retirement accounts. I mean, you could, you could be a millionaire and, and not be able to go on vacation. So forget that. We got to go to five or ten. Amen. And I'm talking about all y'all. Even some of you don't believe it, amen. You need to get there, amen. Because they are printing so much money. It's going to take that much more money to do anything. I mean, when we started out, would you have ever thought that it would cost $100,000 to buy, a, uh, forget about that, an Escalade now is $120,000. I mean, think about it. It's a tenth of a million dollars to buy an SUV. Well, I got mine from, you know, Fred's tote the note place over here. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about, you know, that with all the bells and whistles and under warranty, it's $120,000. This is crazy. You want to know how old I am? Say, how old are you, Pastor? I mean, say it like you mean it. I'm old enough to remember when you could buy a brand new Corvette for $2,500. And brother, those days are gone forever. <laughs> so Jesus said, you know, learn to pray this way. Give us this day our daily bread. And like Larry Lee used to say, man, we got to learn to pray this because it takes more bread today than it did yesterday. Because they're printing all this money. And if, if things go the way they look like they're going to go in January, they're going to be printing more money. Amen. So we got, we got to have more. Because everything's going to cost more. Would you have ever thought when we started, you know, when I was a boy, 
You know how much a pair of tennis shoes cost when I was a boy? Because I had to buy them my own. You know how much they cost? $8 for a pair of Converse. And would you have ever believed 40 years later, Converse would still be in business and, and cool people would be wearing Converse? It's crazy. But you know, now a pair of running shoes is $110, $120. It's crazy. So there, there's no point in you trying to be humble and not believe in God for money because it takes more money every month because of the way they're printing money. It takes more money all the time. Amen. 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 So don't, don't be offended by a word like millionaire because that doesn't even mean anything anymore. Like I said, I'm trying to be encouraging. There are people sitting here tonight and you're a millionaire and you don't even know it because of the way your house is appreciated. Amen. So, but that won't get it done. Tell your neighbor, that won't get it done. No, not anymore. That won't get it done. Prayer makes the weak strong. Prayer saves the men for whom Christ died. Prayer gives God's children the opportunity to win in this life. Prayer gets the job done. But we have to remember that we are the prayers. We can be the forerunners for our generation. We can be the pioneers in this marvelous life of faith. If we will take up the challenge to build the prayer habit into our lives and we'll join the men and women of all the past ages who have dared to walk where no one has ever walked before, then we can show people the way. We can show people the way. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to do that. There are other pastors and they look to us and I'm happy to, I'm so grateful to God that I didn't live my life doing this rabbit chase and, and live my life uh, worshiping that politician and I didn't live my life doing this uh, social cause. I'm so glad I lived my life old school pointing people to the word of God just stay with the word, just stay with the word, just stay with the word, because it doesn't change, it always works, and it doesn't, it doesn't ever become passe. Amen. And I, I hope you see from 2020, it doesn't matter what's going on out there. You know what's going on out there? You know what's going to go? I can prophesy. I tell you, if we're here in 2021, you know what? They're going to be nuttier than ever. They're going to be crazier than ever. They're going to be doing more immoral stuff than ever. There's no point in worrying about what's going on out there. The only thing that matters is what's going on at your house. And when you develop the prayer habit, you have a say in what goes on at your house. And when you're a doer of the word and mix that together with prayer, then you have an umbrella of covenant protection over your home. Psalm 91. So it may be nuts out there, but it's not going to get into where we are. Amen. Amen. They, can, they can lose their minds all the way to a week from Tuesday, but it's not going to affect me. Amen. Amen. I have shown great restraint in 2020 because every time I head out, I know exactly what I want to pray, but I have shown great restraint. Every day when I head out, what I want to say is, Father, let everybody afraid of it get it. Let's be done with this. <laughs> I have shown great restraint. Shout it out loud five times. I am not afraid. 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 Amen. So through prayer, our life can be joined together with God's faith life. 
Say it again. I'm a faith child of a faith God. I don't think we've seen that. The Greek word doesn't escapes my thinking right now, but Paul used a word to pull together with against. I'm going to quit with this. So let's say we needed to move that piano. Well, I can't do that. So let's say I need six guys to come and help me move that piano. We're going to, we're going to put that piano on the floor. That would be to pull together with against the weight of that piano. And that's the word, the Greek word Paul used about prayer. When we pray, we pull together with the Holy Spirit of God against the works of the devil. So when we pray, we're not alone. See, we're not alone right now in this room. When you drive home, you're not alone. You're not alone when you pray. Man sat over here a week for, a week ago Sunday, or was that Sunday? A week ago Sunday, and he was going down the expressway 65 miles an hour, and a 17-year-old who had no business and no commercial driver's license was practicing driving a semi, which was a gasoline tanker, and pulled out in front of him. He's going 65 miles an hour on the expressway, pulled out in front of him, you know, out like west of here where you have expressway speed limits, but it's not really like an expressway. There's crossroads. Pulled out in front of him. He hit a gasoline tanker going 65 miles an hour. The gasoline tanker exploded. And he walked away. And just days later said right here in church. So I'm supposed to bite my fingernails off worried about something came out of Wuhan, China. When, when my father God can protect a member of Faith Christian Center who hits a gasoline tanker going 65 miles an hour and get out and walk away. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. My God is able. 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 Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.